0: Hallelujah. How many's been to him and he answered your prayer when you got there? Where could we go? There's nowhere else to go but to the Lord. And when you get there, you know that he already understands what's going on in your life. Amen? And he's got the answer for you. Nothing better than the answer. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. Give this group a wonderful hand today. They have led us into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, be turning with me to the book of Hebrews. But to the Lord, mm, neighbors are kind. I like that verse. I love them, everyone. We get along, sweet accord. But when my soul needs manna from above, where could I go but to the Lord? You can get a loaf of bread. You can get some flour. You can get some salt. You can get some sugar. And you might even get some gas for the lawnmower next door. But when you need manna, there's only one place to get it. Amen? Seeking a refuge. Have you ever needed a refuge? That place of safety to retreat to? Mm -hmm. Where could I go but to the Lord? Oh, tell me now, where could I go Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Oh, needing a friend to save me in the end. Oh, where could I go but to the Lord? Amen. We're going to the Word right now. If they keep playing, I'll keep singing. And she knows that, and they gouge me. Like I'm going to let that slide. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. If you're visiting with us today, thank you so much for choosing to worship at Hopewell Church of God. And we trust and pray that you'll be blessed. If you've not already been blessed before you leave today, that you will have met the Lord and encountered his beautiful spirit, amen? And also, in case I get wound up and forget, when we dismiss in about an hour or so, (laughs) if you'll go out that door to my left, uh, at the Welcome Center, we have something special for you, so please stop by there, we want to bless you. Hebrews chapter 4, looking at verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fail after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was In all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Simple thought this morning. What do you say now? What do you say now? Father, I love you and I thank you. Thank you for those in this room, beautiful congregation this morning. And Lord, believing in your sovereignty, I truly know that we're not here by accident or we just made a, I think I'll go today moment, but I think we're assembled under the sovereign hand of your will, that we may hear what thus saith the Lord. Speak to the hearts and minds of those in this room today, and when we leave, may we leave with the encouragement of your spirit. And the enriching grace of your word in our heart and in our life. To you be praised forever. In Christ's name, that's her said. Amen. Amen. Ask your neighbor, what do you say now? I would say it doesn't escape your knowledge that we are living in an age of advanced technology, so advanced that you hold within your hand maybe not right at the moment until we get the access available and you can reconnect but you hold in your hand the access to the world and we're working on getting you access to the world I hate for some of you to be unplugged but we're working on it we're going to get you reconnected but you hold in your hand access to the world communication is all but instantaneous There was a day in your life uh, when you didn't have the phone on you. It was hanging on the wall. Amen. Before uh, answering machines. How many remember that? When they just had to keep on calling till you answered. Isn't that lovely? People would absolutely have to go into some asylum somewhere if they had to wait a day or two before you answered their call because if it's two to three minutes there's a panic go on we're pushing the panic button why you answer my call well i didn't want to hello now see if if this really gets going today whoa We get in that sort of shape. I hit the mute button. We get in that sort of shape. If we're not communicating, we're not answering communication. But when we think about how this works in our lives, and what we say really does matter, the power of words in our culture today, words shape and define our lives. You realize that. Words reveal the faith that really is in your heart your words our speech our confession reveal what's within the inside of us words can direct our lives and others as well words can destroy us and others as well our words display who we are and what's in our hearts in spite of ourselves In spite of our best action, your mouth will give you up. Hello. Our words can delight others, but also our words can dishonor others. James 3 says about the tongue, we put bits in horse's mouths; Ships are turned about with a very small helm. It's a little member that boasts great things. It's a fire, a world of iniquity. We're talking about the tongue. And it cannot be tamed. It defiles the whole body. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. We bless God and we curse man all with the same tongue. So our words do matter. One man said, The tongue is in a wet place and is subject to slip. <laughs> Woo! Proverbs 18 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The power of confession, the confession of faith, is in reference to something that can can make or break our lives. There's power in your confession of faith. There's power in your confessions of doubt that stir disbelief in our heart and in our lives. What we speak is a testimony to what we truly believe And what we live out in our lives confession dispels confusion Luke 6 45 a good man out of the good treasure of his own heart bringing forth that which is good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth that which is evil for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks When we read in our text today, you'll see the author actually personalizing this letter as the Spirit is moving upon him. He says, seeing then that we have such a great high priest. He's passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us see how he's entering in. You you see the power of his own confession. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, yet as we are, as we are, he's taking ownership, his confession, yet he was without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There is an ownership. Our confession brings about an ownership. It it, 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 it comes together and it causes our faith to either be released or our doubt to be released. But whatever is in your heart, whatever is in your life, your life aligns with your heart a man's evil heart is made manifest by the life that he lives before man and before God a man's righteous heart is made manifest before the life that he lives before man and before God it's your heart that tells on you and it's your mouth that shouts it aloud Oh Lord help our mouth I'm trying to get off the bad stuff and get over to the good stuff but you got to have both to get to the good Because we have to understand that our confession, what we say really does matter. What you speak in life really does matter. What you say to each other really does matter. What you say in public really does matter. I I, I read another article just this morning. How many remember Ain't Jemima? With, with the syrup bottle and the pancake mix. I, I read her story again this morning. How that a council culture has almost erased a super success story. A woman that was born a slave but left this world wealthy and fully successful. With the respect of people all around her. But because of a culture in which we live that doesn't know what to speak and how to speak. When confessions are made, all they can see is the negative, And they never look far enough to see the positive at what's going on. They couldn't see the life change. They didn't see the success. All they saw was derogatory, but that's not what God had meant for that woman's life. Success came into her life. So words do matter, and in our culture today, if you begin to speak for that which is right and which is upright and before humanity and before God, you have to be careful because words will begin to be spoken against you, and they'll try to counsel you. But you know, they've been trying to cancel out God, uh, his son, for over 2,000 years uh, and they're not going to be able to do it because I'm telling you his confession toward humanity for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's an indictment hanging over humanity and we can't get out from under it because he has confessed us before God our heavenly father. Scripture gives instruction concerning our speech and our tongue. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Isn't that beautiful? The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Oh, how many times? How many times have you seen people speak words to other people, or maybe even yourself, and it just crushes your will, crushes your spirit? over children people just so derogatory speaking to children that they crush their will through words it's a form of verbal abuse we can be abusive with our words and verbiage psalm 19 and 14. hear what the psalmist says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight Mm. now that that's that's a mouthful let the words of my mouth right let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart he knows what you're thinking he knows what you're meditating on not only what you, we think we keep a secret from god you don't keep no secret from god i already read it to you we're we're as naked before him there is no covering Everything about us is open before him. He sees into the depth of your heart, and he also hears every word that is mumbled or muttered from our lips. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Again, in one forty-one and three, the psalmist says, "Set a watch, oh here's something we ought to do." Reminded myself again when I read this, "Oh Lord, set a watch, set a watch, oh Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips." Oh my, my, my! I need two angels on guard at all times, amen. Because I'm dangerous. Sometimes I'm dangerous to tell the truth. I'm dangerous to aggravate. I'm, da- I'm dangerous to pester, and I need them back on point. I need some angels back on point. Oh, Lord, set a guard over my mouth and over my lips. Set that guard because see if in my mind I'm before the Lord saying, Lord, keep the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, and would you just close my mouth. Put, give them charge to just, mm, before I mess up. I think some of mine have been on vacation or something. I know they were last week. Or they wouldn't let me say what I said. They don't need to take a vacation when I'm under the anointing. Because the abundance of the heart speaks. Come on, somebody. Matthew twelve, thirty-six 37. But I say unto you. That every idle word, boy, this ought to rock our world. That every idle word that men shall speak. Are you hearing this? They shall, not maybe, not possibly, it might come up at judgment day. No, that's not what, these are, I think, red letters. This is what the Lord is saying. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That's pretty tough stuff right there. That's pretty hardcore, isn't it? You're going to stand up before God and give an account for what you say, what you say now. You see that right? There it is. Right there it is. You wonder what's that got to do with anything? Right there it is. What you say now. Romans ten and eight. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we speak. You see, I showed you the left hand so I could show you the right hand. It isn't all negative. All of our confession isn't negative because you'll also stand and give an account for every righteous word that you proclaim. Whoo, hallelujah, amen. So now, I, if you're with me, you probably just had a thought go through your mind. Get the guards back at the door of my mouth, hello? Get them back, Lord, put them over and let them watch over my lip and let them watch over my mouth because I know that I'll have to stand before you. Every idol, every jest, every word off color, every comment that we shouldn't be making, we're gonna give an account for. Oh, yeah, not maybe, not possibly, but I think we settled that. The word is shall. You can't escape it. We're gonna stand before before God one day but thankfully you'll also be able to stand before him uh, for the words of faith that you proclaim and the confession of faith that goes forth out of your mouth hallelujah with those sacrifices of praise uh, that come from your lips you'll also stand and I'm hoping that the scales balance out heavy on that side uh, we'll have to give some account because I know that we've not all spoken truly uh, and rightly and justly in all the words and the speech that's come uh, and idle things. Things have come out of us. I know we'll have to give an account. Hallelujah. But I'm hoping that I can get the scale tipped my way. I don't want to be condemned, but I'm hoping I've got some righteous speech on the other side of the scale of God's grace and justice, that my praise has come up before him, that my prayers have come up before him, and he's heard the words and the confession of my speech and that my lips are purified. Oh, Lord, let us be like Isaiah. Take that coal and cleanse our lips. What do you say now? Think about this. There is a reaction when faith and confession merge. There is a reaction when faith and confession merge. Reaction, a response to a stimulus. A provocation, a motivation. The reciprocal action of two things acting together. Are you getting this? A reciprocal action of two things acting. It's synergy. My God, I feel the Lord this morning. When two things come together, there's a reciprocal action that's going to happen. There's something that's going to take place. It's an opposition to change at times, a political change or desire to return to a formal condition or a system. It's a response indicating a person's feelings or emotional attitude. That's what reactions are. That's what reaction means. So there is a reaction. There is a reaction when faith and confession merge together. There's a centrifugal force that begins to take over. Oh, come on. When faith is coupled with confession, because see, faith (laughs) is something that's got to be heard. It's something that is given and every man has received a measure of faith, but there's also a building force to your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. Hallelujah. And so now what I'm doing is putting my faith in the confession of the word of God. And when my faith merges with his word, uh, oh Lord, there is something happening. There is a centrifugal force that begins to take place. There's something reciprocal that begins to happen. There's a motivation in my soul. There's a provocation in my heart because my faith is merged in his word. And when that happens, there's a confession that comes out of me. My God is able to do all that I need or ask him to. Something happens when my faith and confession merge with his word. This reaction that happens when I'm weak I become strong. Woo! When I sin, I can find repentance, remission, and cleansing. Because Pastor Brown already quoted, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. What do we need him for? The first part of that verse says, if any man sins, Woo! What are you saying? I'm saying if the scale is tilting too far the other way, you got time to turn it. <clears throat> you got time. Why? Because we have an advocate. We have that go-between. We have that one who stands on our behalf. Hallelujah. You read through the book of Hebrews and you're going to find how much better Christ is than all the sacrificial system of the old covenant. It just over and over, Christ is better. 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 That is the confession to the believer today. Christ is better. Christ is better. Christ is better. And when my faith collides, when it merges. There is a reaction that happens. Woo! So, when the stimulus is crisis for the believer, the reaction comes through a response of faith. When the stimulus in our life is crisis. Crisis comes, amen? For we, the believer, the correct response is a confession of faith, which engages the reaction from heaven. It's not an earthly reaction that I'm looking for. It's a heavenly reaction. Amen. Yeah, it's something above you. It's something beyond myself. Amen, because when crisis comes in, evidently all the earthly systems have failed us. Hello, Somehow or another, the financial system, when financial crisis come in, has failed us or we wouldn't be in crisis. Somewhere along the line, a physician is unable to cure my body with their knowledge and the expense gift that God has gifted to them and the abilities that He's gifted to them. Somehow, for some reason, the, the, the medical system has failed us and crisis enters in, but that's okay because we have an advocate. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have an advocate. My God's house, apply all of your need according to His riches in glory. Bye. Were you at, Bible readers? Christ Jesus, not by a Democrat, not by a Republican, but by Christ Jesus. Had somebody asked me one time after I'd gotten old enough to know the difference between who was running our country, they said, well, can you notice the difference financially when a Democrat or a Republican's in office? I said, no, not really. And they look at you funny. Well, why not? I said, well, they're not in control of my finances. I'm sorry. I mean, really, they're not. I'm more blessed now than I've ever been. And it's increased steadily over the decades of my life. Because I don't put my trust in the systems of man. It's in his heavenly system. And one thing I know. If I'm making my due deposits, what is that? If I'm paying my tithe, I don't worry about anything else. I do not worry about anything else. If I'm tithing, mm -mm, no, it's on him. It ain't on me. Are you hearing me? It's on him. He said, prove me in Malachi 3. Put my word to the test. You go ahead and pay it and see if I won't do for you what I promise. And I'll go even beyond that. I'll open up some glorified windows in heaven, and I'll pour blessings out on you that you cannot contain. So I come to that conclusion a long time ago, and my confession was that the Lord will supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus His system has never failed. This system has failed me. How so? I've stood right in the middle of bankruptcy court. Most embarrassing day of my life as a man, the inability to provide, working every day, sat in there and listened to some of the things that the people were filing over, and I'm sitting here scratching my head. I said, we ain't got no diamonds. They're filing over diamonds. They bought diamonds and never made a payment on five, six, eight, 10,000 dollar diamond ring. Never made a payment. And I'm sitting here scratching my head. I said, "Lord, I've been working every day. I got a double wide trailer and an 89 S10, and we were so broke when I bought it. I bought it without the bumper because I didn't want to pay the 200 bucks for it. I got one for 100 at the junkyard." <laughs> Come on somebody. It wasn't no no Cadillac like Mama driving now. It was an 89 stripped down mat, no carpet, roll up window, S10 to get me back and forth across the mountain to work. Why? Because I really didn't want to drive the 82 Chevette that she was driving. Come on now. Somebody been there. You may be there now. Well, hold on. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. I thought, Lord, I've paid tithe. I don't know how we got here, but here we are. So, Lord, I've paid my tithe, and here I am, bankruptcy court. I couldn't help it that Gerald fell off the top banister rail and cracked his skull on a rock after me telling him not to. I could not help it that our three-year-old daughter, Lauren, had climbed up on the counter, got a glass bowl while I was going to work. Fall jumps or falls, we really don't know what happened. But the glass broke, nearly severed her hand off of her arm. It looked like Freddy Krueger had had a sleepover at our house when I got there. Blood shot plum up to the ceiling and rolling. Guard was on track today. <laughs> he, be, he working overtime. I started to say, duck middle section. It's going to the back. The devil knows how he can really get to me. You know, he knows how he can get to you too. Well, he's trying to get to me, but not today. I'm serious. I get home, blood bloodshot plum up to the ceiling. It took the ambulance 45 minutes to get to our house severed the arteries in her wrist, should have bled out in seven minutes. But God's good. He's faithful. Amen. She's still got a hand today devil tries to tell you that these things are out of your control, but they're in his control. They're in God's control, not his, not yours. They're in his control. Jessica, our eldest daughter, had her tonsils taken out. How many you have heard if the scabs get peeled off, they can bleed to death? How many have heard that? Anybody ever know anybody that happened to? We had a, a little uh, a boy up the road from our church that that had happened to. He died after the scabs come off of his tonsils, and he bled to death. So here we are putting carpet down in the church one night, and here comes Jessica who had just had her tonsils and adenoids taken out 10 days earlier. Just blood just flowing. Just, I mean, those carterized vessels had come open, and she's just spewing blood. We're 30 minutes from the nearest butcher shop. I almost said hospital, but we were 30 minutes from the nearest butcher shop. And I'm not even going to tell you where that was at. We get there, and they said, we can't help you. Just blood, just spewing. Buckets of it, just spewing. It took an hour and a half to get that little what was that little that caravan, little Dodge caravan, cross all the way to T.C. Thompson's. We go in. Blood's all over everybody. Blood's going everywhere. And Jessica asked me, "Daddy, am I going to die?" Now I want you to know something: You're helpless when you have to look at one of your children and say, "Honey, I don't know." You, oh, you like you think you'd like to be the big man of faith, you preaching that gospel every Sunday, and you'd like to look at and said, "No, bless God, you're not going to." But I was scared. Right up the road, one had already passed from the same thing. I was frightened, honey. I don't know, but the Lord knows. Let's go. Our confessions matter. When Christ has come your way, God is on your side. Amen? When our confession is that of faith, when he, he's the one and it merges together with his word, then that word begins to take over in our life. And we can understand Romans one sixteen even the better. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. You want to know how you can live a righteous life? It's the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That sin purging, sin cleansing, agent of Jesus Christ's precious blood, that's how you can do it and you begin to make your confession in the power of Christ that's working in you and his precious blood that's washed over you and do your diligence to serve him. I'm not ashamed for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to them that believe. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What do you say now? Here's some catchphrases of faith. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. A little faith will bring your soul to heaven. I like this one. A great faith will bring heaven to your soul. And I have over the last 35, 40 years figured that one out. And that was one of the truest statements. Oh, A little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but a great faith will bring a little heaven to your soul. My Lord, how many don't need a little great faith today to get a little heaven down here in your soul? Uh, and that is what happens when there's the merging of confession and faith. A little heaven comes to meet you because you're living in accordance and by the power of his word. And his word encourages, enriches, and empowers your life. And heaven comes Down. I have to resist making wise cracks here, but I'll say it and move on. Faith, like a muscle, grows stronger with exercise. And unfortunately, the devil sees fit that you have a workout session about every day. <laughs> Mama got it, Brian. Yeah, you heard that? Eh, hey, what about that? that's pretty good, wasn't it? The enemy will see fit that you have a workout every day. And if that how many is fighting the devil about every day? Well you're look like the Hulk by now. Come on. I mean you're winning, you're here. <laughs> What you say now? I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not. I know I don't look like no. Hug. I'm talking about on the inside. Faith grows. Faith is the outstretched hand of the soul taking what Christ has to offer. Think about that. Faith is the outstretched hand of the soul taking what Christ has to offer. What does he have to offer? We read about rest. When you read into that, you go back up into the end of chapter 3, you're going to see that they're talking about the rest that God promised when the children of Israel got into the promised land. And he was also the author in referencing the seventh day rest that the Lord took after creation. But now what he was talking about is a different kind of rest. There's a rest that you can enter into that has nothing to do with the promised land. It has nothing to do with the day of the week. But what it has to do with your rest in Christ. So let us therefore. Why do you think he said let us therefore hold fast? to our confession, the confession of our faith. Why? Because that's where your rest is. Well how do you say that? Because Jesus said, My Lord, come unto me, all you that are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the rest That's the rest that he's referring to. It's not a day. Hallelujah. It's not a promise. It is Christ himself. Come unto me if you're laboring. Come unto me if you're heavy laden. I will give you rest. What do you say now? Hey. Unfortunately, we don't always confess faith. Sometimes we confess doubt. Now look here, you can't complain to God if your confession is doubt. He don't respond to doubt. His response to doubt is not positive. If you don't believe me, do it on your own is what he says. But if you believe me, I got you. I need a little book and chapter on that. Well, I'm glad. We all need a little book and chapter to make it all align, don't we? Let's see how this works. Numbers 13, 33. And, and, and there we saw giants. How many are coming together with me now? You know what we're talking about. And there we saw the giants. Just a little sidebar. Where they saw the giants was where the rest of the promise was. I just thought I'd throw that in there. There we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come from the giants. And look here. This is this wonderful confession. Uh, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Woohoo! God's going to get right behind that. Because what you have done is just insulted him. Because he said, I'm going to go before you. Isn't that what he told him? So basically, <clears throat> he tells Joshua, As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And what he said to Moses was, Not no man is going to be able to stand before you and resist you because I am with you. So what they said is, uh, we don't care. Here's our confession. Well, we look like grasshoppers in front. It's called grasshopperitis, and it's still a disease in the church world today. Because we see ourselves as what we may perceive the enemy to see us. Well I could take you 40 some odd years later where when the enemy saw them from the walls of Jericho it wasn't grasshoppers they saw coming. They were in fear because they knew that Jehovah was with them. They shut up the gate. They locked the doors. But here they are confessing. We are like grasshoppers in our own eyes and so we were in theirs also. No. That is a confession of faith. Where they should have been was with but Joshua and Caleb and said my God let's go it's there I used to preach it like this those ten spies every one of them came back slurping grape juice off their chin huh grapes as big as plums a land flowing with milk and honey if that promise was true and they couldn't deny that because they they slurping juice hello i can see them choking over grape seeds saying (coughs) we can't do it (coughs) spitting out grape seeds (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. that's the way we are oh god i can't do it tripping over his promises oh god i can't make it refusing the promise of his word not having faith in him who declares, because I am in you, you can do all things. (laughs) We're saying, nope, nope, you can't do this. Hey, I'll give you this. You put the stars up and they not all fail. I'll give you this, God. The earth's still spinning. It's not stopped yet, but you can't fix my problem. Would you look at the comparison of your problem into the creation of the world? I'm telling you right now, they can't kill you and eat you. Are you hearing me? It's not that bad. <laughs> it just depends on your confession. That's a negative confession. We're like grasshoppers. Wherein our response and confession should be with First Samuel seventeen forty seven. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. Are you with me? What story are we talking about? Who are we talking about? David and Goliath. Thank you, Sir Gideon. For the battle, uh, listen now, is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Now you see the difference? He's got a giant. They had giants. He's looking at Goliath in the Valley of Elah blowing Every day, smoke in the air, cursing God, cursing the people of God. And it took the shepherd boy with the anointing of a king to show up with some bread and cheese to get his hackles all raised up. He heard Goliath. I don't know if he saw him first, but I know he heard him. How many has ever heard something that just kind of makes you just, mmm? That's what happened to David. He's talking to his eldest brother. I've come from the house with lunch and then he hears it then he, what what is that who is that and his brother gets all tore up because here's little david oh so small hello what the song says i'm i'm on it today folks i'm sorry it's just rolling far from last week i'm so let me enjoy it it's just rolling and so he hears the indignation and the confession from Goliath and it didn't coincide with the confession in his heart because, see, he had already stood before Samuel and the horn had been uncorked and the oil had already been applied and the anointing had already descended. I'm talking to some anointed people in the house today. Oh, because the horn of heaven has been uncorked and the glory of God, the Holy Ghost, has been poured out. And David said, who is this uncircumcised? Uh. Yeah. What do you say now? Well, you just come up here and show off. Get back to the house. Where's Saul? Here's shepherd boy won't know where the king's at. Where? I need to see Saul. Somebody take me to the king. Because somewhere in that little boy's mind was him thinking, one of the day that crown's mine and I'm going to start defending it right now. Somebody needs to get it in your heart. One of these days, the crown is yours, oh! and you got to start def- <laughs> You got to start defending it right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> you know there's a crown. Paul told us there was a crown. Fought a good fight. Kept the faith. Finish the course that's been laid out in front of me. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. But hey, it's not just for me. It's for all those that believe it. Everybody's going to get crowned. We've all got to have something to offer. We're going to leave here with nothing. We're going to leave here with nothing. we got to have something to offer him. So when he gives you that crown and we cast it at his feet. Ah, well. Daniel 3, 16, 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, answered and said, answered and said, answered and said to the king. O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. This passage of scripture has come up for the last two three, four weeks. If it be so. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, if it's so. And he will. Now now look at the difference. And he will deliver us out of your hand, whether it be by death or by life. Oh, king, (laughs) after today, it's going to be over one way or the other. And the sooner it's okay with you that it's okay one way or the other, the firmer the grasp you get hold of your confession. And when it really don't matter, <laughs> hey, you still got faith. Oh, king, but if not, it's one of my favorite lines of scripture. But if not, I'm going on, I'm on to waters parallel redneck this for you. But if you don't, You better know right now (laughs) that I ain't going to bow. We ain't going to bow to your gods. It ain't going to happen today, tomorrow, next week, next month. We're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're not quitting. Nor will we worship that 10-10 you got sticking up in the sky. It ain't going to happen. Nope. You can set it up, and we'll stand here till it rots down. It'll rain enough for the feet of clay to bring it down anyway. See, that'd be the only way a redneck would look at it. What's going to rain? Them feet going to fall? All of it's coming down. Hello? <laughs> Have you seen some things that are so simple, smart people just can't figure it out? <laughs> I love it when it gets to happen to me. When I get around smart folk and I get a good idea, I think, uh, oh, they're going to have to listen to me this time. I even got one for Travis the other day, doing a little plumbing. He's scratching his head. We got to figure out how to get this plumbing through here. And I said, hmm, I got an idea. I said, let's go that way. He said, I think that'll work. And he made it work yesterday. Or Friday. What is today? I don't know what day is Sunday. Friday. The Lord is on your side. It, 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 it's in accordance to your confession. It's how, you, it's how you respond, how you react to the crisis that come and stimulate you. Is your response going to be that by faith? Is your confession going to be God is able? Is your confession going to be, but if he doesn't, that's all right too. I'll figure it out and he'll help me figure it out. We're going to make it, but one thing's not going to happen. Some people need to get this in their mind. You, you've got to get this settled before you can receive anything from God. Is You have to be fully persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day, the day of temptation, the day of evil. What have I committed? Your soul, yourself. Quit being so milly mouthed and wimpy and want to quit and go back to your sin just because Christ has come your way. You have to be persuaded. You know, if you really stop and think about it, what has sin ever got you anyway? Oh, I had a good time, really puking your guts inside out. That was fun. Huh? I think that was the reason I never took a drink. I was close one time. I was close. We're sitting downtown. Sitting on the tailgate in the middle of Dunlap, right downtown. with some friends you know and, and I had one one good friend I was, I was little then I wasn't like this you understand I was little then but I could be mean because I wasn't fully persuaded yet matter of fact I was backslid that makes it even worse and so a good friend got in my face and was going to make me drink. He made two mistakes. One, he got in my face. Two, he thought he could make me do anything. Because I'm the type, you can stomp me in the parking lot, but you'll know I have been there. Hello? I've took more than one whipping, but I've handed out a few. Hello? So, (laughs) <laughs> and just a few minutes he was out of my face but I was tempted but I looked to my left <laughs> and, and a boy we called efficiently Tudor was sitting on tailgate like this and then he just fell over thumped his head and rolled over and went to puking his guts out and I said no nope, that's not for me That, that's not fun. Hello? And how the devil can tempt us is that he thinks that we can get that few moments of escape. But can I tell you, when your stomach's done chucking, your head's finished hurting, and your eyes are back to white, you realize, boy, that didn't help a thing. I, I mean, matter of fact, you're not sure that you didn't make it worse. Until somebody comes to tell you exactly what happened. Am I, am I right? I've never had one of those encounters, but I've seen a bunch of them. And couldn't wait till they were in the right mind so I could tell them how stupid they were. That's the kind of friend I was. Our confession confessions matter. You stand, I'll quit. We're not even going to touch this page. But I'll tell you what's on it. It's going to take them a minute to get up here. Our confession creates atmospheres where God can work. Or they'll create an atmosphere that ties the hand of God. Because God will not move past your doubt to do it for you. He won't he won't 2 Kings 4 26 you know the story of the Shunammite woman you know what happened to the son that was the promise to her you know that her confession it is well when the servants said how's your husband it is well how is it with thee it is well how is it with thy son it shall You see, it wasn't well when she left the house. The boy was dead in the prophet's room. But it's going to be all right. That's her confession. Job's confession, I know that my Redeemer lives. Abraham's confession, my son God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. John eleven twenty five: 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, Yet shall he live. Matthew 16, 16. Peter confessed, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Romans ten nine says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Paul's confession, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John the Revelator confessed in 11.15 as he would record the confession of the angel. And the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Father, I love you today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the help of your anointing. So what do we say now? I, I, I pray, Lord, that we could say with the psalmist in 91 too, I will say of the Lord, he is of my refuge and my fortress and my God in him will I trust. Maybe there's some today that may need to confess with the prodigal son of Luke 15. I will arise and go to my father's house and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. But mostly I would dare say that we should have the confession of Psalm 107. Father, hear our confession. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What do you say now? Is your situation in life, the crisis that you may be facing? Maybe you're like the father that brought his son to the disciples and they couldn't help his son. But when Jesus comes to town, he takes him before the Lord himself. and He said, your disciples couldn't do anything for him. There's an evil spirit that takes hold of him and tries to throw him in the fire, tries to drown him in the water. And then Jesus said, uh, well, I love the father's confession first. He said, if thou can do anything, if there's just anything you can do, I'll take it. Father, do you believe? And the Father's confession was a confession of faith. Listen. I believe, but help my unbelief. If he hadn't believed, he wouldn't have been there. If he hadn't believed, he wouldn't have stayed until Jesus got there. And he got his answer. How many of you might need an answer this morning? Come on. Anybody? Got some things going on. The enemy's fighting, and you're just standing surely on your confession of faith. If you want prayer, need prayer, I'd love to pray with you and pray for you this morning. If you'd make your way forward, we'll pray before we leave here today.